Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Clutch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, manager of the San Diego Armada. And this is a new season of Clutch Baseball is upon us. 2019 pre-orders out now. I have pre-ordered mine. You should pre-order yours. And with this new season, we're going to be doing a special home opener podcast. Except for I'm not at home. Mm. So I guess that doesn't really make sense. You're in my home. Yeah, I'm in Nick's home. Let's uh, just call it what it is, the Clutch First Pitch. Yes, Clutch First Pitch podcast. We're out in Arizona. Uh, spring training is happening. The Pac-12 basketball tournament's going on on the TV in the background. And I am here with uh, Salty, Nick, manager of the Scottsdale Salt Shakers. Salty as ever. What's going on, guys? <laughs> and we have a, uh, a semi-clutch newbie. Uh, we have Nick, team to be named later. Yeah, it's coming soon. <laughs> And then uh, we have um, everybody's favorite community director, James. Yes, favorite and only. Yep. Great to be back. I think it's like the fifth time. On yeah, the podcast. you're up there. You might be. You might be a record holder. Wow. So we're doing. A, it's a live podcast. Uh, we just got done. We did a draft of 2019 cards. We uh, opened up a booster box, and uh, we drafted a team, and it was lots of fun. That will be up on the Clutch YouTube channel eventually probably after this comes out but what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about that draft we're going to talk about some of the guys we saw um, some of them we can't talk too much about because of uh, they haven't been uh, released yet yeah like, i feel like that makes this whole thing really difficult especially with being part of the slack because we're seeing everything right now how uh, how soon before this goes live you think <laughs> the podcast probably pretty quick huh yeah maybe a week ish you know what if they're gonna listen to the podcast, they can they can hear it. All right, so we we will have some Ooh. spicy spicy leaks. Uh, so is that just, coming up? Is that just permission to leak things on this podcast? <laughs> sure. <laughs> cool. So uh, I, mean, I know the guy's editing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Say whatever you want. No guarantee it gets out there. Yeah, there might be some long pauses. So uh, we'll start with you, Nick. Salty Nick. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you think of the uh, what do you think of 2019 so far? We were talking when we were drafting. It's weird because there was 15 players in a pack, and so uh, you know we would kind of go through them pretty quickly and choose who we wanted. And I think I mentioned that it was kind of weird because you're so used to 2018 mm -hmm. and looking for certain things that your mm -hmm. eye will just kind of subconsciously catch. Mm -hmm. Where with 2019, everything is so different that it. I was like, oh shoot, I need to stop and think about these cards to yeah. see if they're good or not. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And it's not only just, you know, the actual physical look of the cards, but I was saying this in the draft video that we're also used to building teams around the 2018 cards. And we generally know most of these guys' charts, speeds, and defenses without even having to look. So when we're thinking of different situations, we always have those go-to guys on the clutch that we're, or slack that we're really apt to go after. Uh, just right off the bat, everybody is just so different. I mean, some of the guys are, you know, kind of the same as, you know, like you get a K-Riss Davis who's, you know, 247 every year um, but some of these guys are just so drastically different than they were last year um, I mean I know I don't have them on my team I don't think anybody rostered him but for instance like Adam Morgan going from three innings pitch to one innings pitched um, you know he's not one of the you know stark caliber players of the set but it's just a lot of stuff like that where I think we're going to have to do a lot of adapting especially in the online league to uh, get used to it um, I will say that I think it's already been expressed 
pretty pretty well that the home run uh, natural home run is less uh, common this year and it looked to me that uh, on base would be a little bit lower so far from what we knew from the leaks but I think after seeing some more of these cards I'm not sure if that's um, totally true but um, yeah I'm thinking that command you can rock and roll with a little bit less than last year and uh, those natural home runs are more important Nick, what are you what are you thinking? Because you you play in a local league here. Yeah, I, I play you with play. Tantillo uh, a decent amount. I didn't play eighteen a whole lot just because I was out of the country. But now that I'm back, we've been picking it back up. Uh, based off the cards, uh, I know one thing we noticed. I mean, they they're real crisp. The line at the top showing, you know, the the bad outs stuff like that is really cool. But the things I noticed on the charts are the the two mistake pitches being a lot more frequent. I know. I played a lot in 17, and they, they were barely there, and now I'm uh, seeing them all the time. Yeah, it seems like a lot more aces have the 1 to 2x range. Uh, James, so uh, you got you got to your hand in the development of this set this year. Kind of kind of talk us through some of the changes and, and what the thoughts were behind them. Um, well. <laughs> so we got, I mean, kind of the more noticeable things are uh, a, lot, a lot more starting pitchers and pitchers in general don't have walks on their chart. But on batter's charts, it seems like the batter charts walks are a lot higher. That can definitely be attributed to how things are going in the MLB, too. But there are a much wider range of pitchers in terms of salary and therefore kind of talent. So that change, I think, led to a lot of those and just a kind of a natural shift away from those on pitcher cards and onto batter cards. I, I know I noticed that uh, we went through booster box, so we didn't get to see every single card. But I noticed there's a lot more interesting lower end cards. Mm-hmm. There were some starting pitchers that were uh, in the 200 salary range that were uh, two command, like R plus two. What sort having having built you know two base sets now and several all star sets, was there more thought put into like who was included in the sets and how they work with stadiums and strats somewhat there were definitely some people on the cusp who the final decision was weighted on things like how will it be affected by new strategy cards existing strategy cards existing stadiums or new stadiums but overall i think they were kind of developed independently and only changed in some of the more extreme cases if it was going to negatively impact the game uh, in terms of gameplay. So let's talk about some positive things, going negative positive. Let's go around the table, and I want everybody to kind of look through their team and give me who, uh, who's there, who's one of your guys on your team that's kind of caught your eye, uh, and maybe I mean walk through the card and tell us, tell me, tell us why you chose it or like what what is really what really pops out to you. Yeah, I'll start. And this one's kind of an obvious one, I feel, as if maybe we should also dive in in another round into some of our, like, sleeper guys on our team, even though our teams are pretty stacked. Uh, But Christian Yelich, I just have to say it right up top, a couple things. First of all, five icons, which is, I mean, astronomical. MVP, slugger, home run, RBI, and runs icon, which the runs icon's new. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, You only have four outs. Uh, he has a natural home run at 20. Of course, after his tear last year, he sh- you know displayed his power. And uh, also, you have the coveted 13 on base. And 
I don't know if this rings true to you guys, but I feel like there's a lot of really good R-plus pitchers. And Yelich being a lefty with 20 speed, I mean, really other than a little bit of a hit on defense and not even that much, I, I don't think you could do almost any better at, in the outfield. So. Nick? Um, just based off uh, value, I'm noticing there there are some steals. Like, I don't know, the Chris Bryant, I got to naturally talk about him being a Cubs fan. Um but the 14 on base against lefties and only a 385 salary is pretty – you don't come by that a whole lot. So I'm liking what I'm seeing out of his card. Another one that I caught my eye was Ender Inciarte, mm. another mm-hmm. pretty affordable outfielder um, and plus five defense, 20 speed, only mm-hmm. 370. So just the value with some of the cards if you look pretty in-depth. Yeah, I think the other interesting thing too is this year there's there's – for when you're talking about value on the lower end cards, it was interesting to see that I'm not sure there's as many cards this year as there was last year where they were over all amazing values where you got decent on base, decent out and decent pitting chart. But it feels like there's a ton of guys who are cheaper and that they have, um, a, a specific aspect of their card that provides amazing value. And so I, I think that'll, that'll encourage people to uh, embrace different metas more, yeah. Um, because I feel like there's a lot more like Rachnid Odur. Rugnid. yeah, your Rugnid, guy, my boy. Rugnid. Uh, last year, kind of epitomized that where he was a super low card, and outside of his on base, he had an amazing, pretty amazing card. Where this year, you're not going to get that type of value. Where you're gonna you're gonna have someone who. You know, maybe has ten on base, kind of, you know, seven outs, but then maybe he has twenty speed, or um, you know, maybe he's got a, a super low single. But you're not really gonna have a guy that's low salary that has, um, you know, like that dynamic of a card. But I think it'll make for more interesting uh, benches, which I think Definitely. James, you guys have really tried to work on this year. Yeah, we've we've really tried to give a better range of players in, in terms of type and specialty and salary so that people can build all sorts of things. I mean, in the past we found it's really easy to just build a team with only looking at command and on base, building it really, really balanced with you know really strong defense and just kind of ignoring some of the peripherals. So with this set, we're really excited to see what people can do just because there are so many options now. And... Um, even just looking at some of the niche teams from last season's leagues, uh, we had aggro teams that punted their pitching. And this year you can punt it even further if you want. We had teams like mine where it was built around a concept of having five aces and then a lot of low on base, low home run guys. I couldn't reproduce that team this year because those low home run, low on base guys are gone, but they've been replaced by situational hitting. And I could recreate that concept by using small ball instead of like the long ball. But even just year to year, there's going to be drastic differences in how even some of the most established players are building their teams. Yeah. And, and I believe I talked about this in the last podcast and seeing uh, we went through what, several hundred cards. Yeah. Seeing all these cards, I, I believe it even more so now that this year you're really going to see who the creative managers are because there's a lot of opportunity to get um, kind of get weird and wild and really kind of flex your your overall strategy because I feel like 
you know, 17, there's been so many changes from 17 to now that in a way the, the game has almost gotten naturally a little more complex where I think you could say in 17, it was hit a homer <laughs> yeah, and hit a couple more homers. Well, it also has the, the more strats can't come out and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and with all the play testing, I mean, realistically, uh, uh, you know, on the Slack group that I speak of, if people aren't aware, then I'm, I'm sure most people that are listening to this are aware of the Slack <laughs> group, but uh, we talk so much about we talk, we talk so much about the game. We play the game so much. And we're, you know, every company has their power users. And we can relate this back to sort of the tech world and in and, and our startup world and whatnot. Um, you have your power users and you cater to them and you listen to them, you know, for the most part. And you do what's good for the game. But also those people really help mold the game and where the game's going. And I think that I, I can't really speak for it. I feel, But I feel like all that playtesting in the league has actually impacted this game and, and some of the little aspects of where it's going. Um, especially with like the new strategies and you know all those things and with the run icon and I, th- I think maybe without the league this might not have happened um, I can't really speak for sure to that but this season with two full years of experience under the belt for multiple managers it's been really easy to reach out to some people and get input and get feedback and maybe not cater the game towards them but there are definitely voices for the community, voices for the people playing, in terms of what the game needs, what the game could use, what would make the game more fun. And uh, it's really great that not only from myself, but from all of the managers, most experienced to least experienced, uh, every voice is heard. And the developers are really, really, it's a great team. They're really open to ideas and suggestions and the feedback from the community. You know, it it all gets heard. So James, uh, who do you, who did you draft on your team that caught your eye? Well, this may come as a shock to some people, but I went pretty pitching heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you sniped like three or four starting because you drafted right before me, and uh, you sniped like three or four starting pitchers. The saddest thing yeah. is he's only going to get to play like two or three yeah. games. So he's not going <laughs> to use all of them. Yes, but no matter which starter we roll, I've got an ace. <laughs> yeah, that's what matters. <laughs> I mean, I went Scherzer, okay. Kluber, Granke, Woods, Syndergaard, and you know they're all they're all amazing. Uh, I think I ended up with eight relievers, and six of them have icons, just thanks to the new um, strikeout icon for relievers and combining the closers with the relievers so I can have multiple save icons. So that'll be fun to play with. But but I think the standout player for me hmm. in this set hmm. that I drafted, you can't, you can't really... I want to say Mookie Betts. But you didn't get Carl, though, did you? No. No, I did not get Carl Edwards Jr. He is far and away my favorite reliever this set. But I think all around, my favorite player I went with was Aaron Judge. Really? Yeah. Uh, Just natural home run, five outs, 14 on base, four defense in the corner outfield, 12 speed. He's about 515 points. He does have uh, negative clutch, negative one clutch. But overall, he doesn't have the icons, but you save money. The fielding's killer too. Yeah, for yeah. a power hitter in the outfield, like that's pretty. It's pretty rare. I was I'm, gonna say, what do you? Why wouldn't you just take one of these other guys? But I guess you just answered the question. He's cheaper. How much does he cost? He's five fifteen, and I also that's have a lot though. I have Mookie. He's got the four icons. He's got MVP, Slugger, Runs, Gold Glove, Positive Clutch, More Speed, but he's got a lower on base, and he's got the same home run roll and. Okay. He costs like 170 more or something like that. Hear me so. out. What is Judge Home Run at? 20. 
okay, and he's worth five fifteen. Mm-hmm. You could pay fifteen more to get Yelich, and you get five icons. Yes, but I didn't get Yelich, did I? Oh, <laughs> or I'd be true. talking about him. Oh. It's not constructed. I'm just it's bragging. Limited. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I know you are. <laughs> to your point about the icons, too. Another Yankees outfielder, Giancarlo. Only four forty-five, no icons. Nineteen natural homer, thirteen against lefties, yeah. five out. Yeah, four in the outfield as well. Icons are great when you're building your strategy deck around them. They are incredibly powerful. But if you're not, maybe you shouldn't be spending money on the icons if you can't take full advantage of them because of players like that who can give you more for less. Yep. Mm. The uh, the guy that stood out for me is someone that is. A, a game changer, <laughs> uh, especially when you look at you don't say yeah, especially when you look at the the fielding the st- uh, the field of the starting pitchers this year, and uh, that person is Josh Hader, and there <laughs> is a good chance most of this is gonna get bleeped, so you're not gonna hear this, but <laughs> he's a game changer for the game you're playing and the game as a whole. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is very much in the vein of Eric Gagne from the generation set where. There is going to be a lot of discussion about him, and there's going to be a, pe- a lot of people who will never roster him in a million years, and there's going to be a lot of people like me that are going to argue that... You should pitch him tired because you you're should Matt pitch him tired. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're Matt. The, yeah, thing is, Matt. the thing is, he does have a 24-plus home run. Yes, so I you can't really pitch him tired, which is his biggest downside. Um, but he is he's 435, and he's got seven commands, and he has a K icon. So, you know, right off the bat, I mean, pretty expensive. Is he? Is that more expensive than Gagne? Yeah, it's by 30 points. He's yeah, more so he's expensive. 30 points more. He got one less commands and less less icons than Gagne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the K icon is still good. So, yeah, he's pretty insane. He, uh, he also has 19 outs, um, which is the same as Gagne. Mm-hmm. But the top end of his chart uh, is different than Gagne, which, like we were saying, you, you probably wouldn't. I mean, you could still pitch him tired, but he's not as – his top end chart isn't as elite as Gagne's. The thing with Hader is you may not need to pitch him tired. You might not need to pitch him tired. That is correct. So moving on, uh, we are going <laughs> to – I'm going to say something right now, and if it gets bleeped, uh, it's because you guys are not allowed to hear this yet. And if you hear it, then congratulations. I, I think we got permission to leak anything if they're listening. Well, we're, we're about to find – three minutes into the podcast. Yeah, we're about, we're about to I'll find just, out. I'll plug my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so he has two innings pitched, Hader does. Uh, and four defense, and he walks at 20, uh, singles 21 to 22, doubles at 23, and homers at 24. So, yeah, I mean... He's good. Yeah, he's very good, uh, especially when you consider that across the board, starting pitcher innings are down, and to have a seven-command guy go for two innings is pretty crazy. Here's the problem, though. He has negative one clutch. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> I don't want to say he's unusable, but... I mean, basically, you can tailing wins him and hit a home run off him. So what's even the point? Yeah. <laughs> so many loopholes. What are you guys, the dingoes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah. I, I'm excited to play games with these teams. Yeah. Like, I know, I know it's, it's, you know, it's kind of silly sometimes to kill the salary cap and just have a stacked team of all-stars, but I'm really excited. Curious to know your guys' thoughts, just in speaking the vein of the 2019 changes, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it seems that there's a lot of pitchers that don't have walks and now just have singles instead. I don't know if I'm wrong on that. 
but from what I'm looking right. at, it yeah. looks like there's a lot more pitchers that give up singles and not walks. Are you guys in favor of taking the walk or the single? I know we've debated this before. We've literally debated this <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Last episode? No, this episode. Oh, we did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Salty, but, everyone. But to answer your question, though, I think, because we also talked about this on Slack right. about not this year about last year just in general what people thought but i think this year changes that conversation because innings are down across the board so ideally your pitcher is going to get the advantage most of the time so an ideal world that would hopefully mean walks are going to go down for you mm -hmm. and a lot of and a lot of and one of the ways of losing innings pitched on your card is having walks mm -hmm. um so i i like it in that you it'll hopefully help you with walks mm -hmm. on your on the pitcher's chart because that's where the majority of the bats are going to be yeah and in turn you could then hopefully use other strat cards to bump their inning pitches up right so in the context of 2019 set i don't mind it i think it's interesting and you know people might get could get interesting strat combinations and do some cool stuff with it um but yeah i think we kind of said in the in like previous years yeah you would want the walk instead of the single right and there are there are stadiums this year that deal with walks uh minnesota has the highest walk on the pitcher chart become a single so there are already stadiums that reduce the walks likeliness that on the pitcher chart walk, yeah. yeah even if they do have it there are now ways to reduce that which is good because there are also strategies for increasing those walks and doubling those walks and trying to chase the pitcher from the game there's another field where the lowest single on their chart becomes a walk. So you can kind of play mm -hmm. that into those strategy cards and, and just create almost a meta around driving up the walk total. What are some of the spiciest fields coming out this year? Oh, well, maybe we'll say that for the Q and A. <laughs> oh, right. Or I'll just tell you one right now. I mean, we've talked about Arizona, like adding one to the swing with a runner in scoring position, or yeah. I'm sorry, subtracting one from the swing with a running runner in scoring position. Hashtag humidor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, if only I mean, there's definitely a, a team from Arizona that would benefit from reducing swings by two with runners in scoring position. That would be the shade. But um, there's a couple, couple others. I don't know what will have. So that's just going to be helpful for a pitching heavy. I'm just, I don't see. Yeah. So if you're a pitching heavy team, swings are going to be a bit reduced if you're pitcher allows runners to get into scoring position. Mm. I mean, how many games did I have last year where Scherzer got into trouble or Pedro got into trouble because there was a runner on second and, you know, somebody singled? How many of those would have been prevented if the swing had been reduced by two? Right. It also goes back to, you know, how, how big of a difference is one or two on a swing? And generally it can mean the difference between a, a, a win or a loss. And I, I guess I... I when I talk about this, it's usually in terms of on base. I think 12, I'll say it again, is the sweet spot for on base. I think when I'm constructing an actual team, um, if I can just sit at 12, that seems to be a good spot where if you're going to get the advantage, you're going to get it. If you're not, you're not. Um, it doesn't seem that really the pitcher at rolls 13 versus 12 too much or, you know, a 14 versus 12. But, I, you know, I eat my words a little bit because we played last week and there were a ton of advantages based by one. So, um. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys right now, I don't know if they'll have fully dropped by the time we get to this, but there, 
I don't know that we've had a look at the other two rare stadiums from this set, so I'll just talk about them right now. Mm. Podcast bonus. Mm. They kind of play into each other. One of them is Cleveland. If you have two or more runners on base, your pitcher gets plus two command. So it's like Say a mound visit. Right. So it's almost like a built-in mound visit. If there's two or time. more runners on base, two or you more get runners plus on two base. to your command. First and second, first and third, second and third. Your pitcher is going to get plus two to the command. Oh, no, that's imagine, broken. Imagine dude. pairing that up with mound visit. Yeah, right. that's like broken. Plus now, six to your command. because it affects the command, it does not prevent mistakes. But oh yeah, true. It not can be used along with adding to the pitch strategies because it's one's affecting oh, yeah, command, yeah, gotcha. one's affecting the pitch, and it's negated by Cleveland batters. So like the J Ram Lindor teams, mm-hmm. they're not going to have to deal with that. Uh, but then the antithesis of that is Houston, where if you get two or more runners on base, the pitcher loses two command. So you want to... That's harder, though, because that affects you. It does, well, but... So where is it? Houston? Houston. And you can negate it with Houston Springer. pitchers. Oh. Yeah, pitchers. So Houston pitchers will negate that. So if you rock Houston and a rotation of Houston pitchers... I mean, you got Verlander, Colin McHugh, Garrett Cole, Brad Peacock. Mm-hmm. Like, there's four starters right there. They're going to negate that effect. But that effect is brutal for an away team. If you get two runners on, the pitcher's losing two command. That's 10% difference in your advantage. Mm-hmm. So that plus 10% and minus 10% to the command, that that advantage shift kind of plays into the two remaining rare stadiums. And I think those ones are going to be like, yeah, I think you said spicy. I think I did say spicy. Spice. <laughs> spicy? Is that what kids are saying? Spicy. I think those two are going to be spicy. Hey, you always do the extra spicy emoji reaction on Slack. So because I'm extra spicy. In, in, a, in, a, in you know all reality, you you say it too. But realistically, the best stadium this year is Kansas City. Plus two to all sacrifice bunt attempts. <laughs> oh my yes. god! Everybody sack bunts all the time now. It's a good strategy sometimes. It is. I yeah, started yeah. doing it, and it helped me score a few runs. It's one of those things where and get them in. I mean, so that's that's the interesting thing about Odor about comes up. What are you going to do right now? Yeah. So that's the interesting <laughs> about clutch right now is we all kind of bought into it on the ground floor in terms of like you're saying, like most of us are all the super users. Like all the super users are in the slack, and so it's really interesting to see ideas get spread. And I'll use two examples. Both of them are my ideas because I just am obviously closer to them and pay attention to them. Yeah. Um, but you talk about Odor. And uh, you guys remember that was back when the the forums was still on the website mm-hmm. that um, yeah. I, I came up with this theory that Odor, actually, you should actually start Odor. Like he's not just a bench guy. And everybody laughed, right? Everybody like mocked and like, oh, that's ridiculous. But then in some of these most recent um, online leagues, we've had teams start a doer. Yeah. And, and same thing with uh, Jorge Alfaro, right? Everybody's like, oh, you need to have at least 10 battery defense, otherwise people are going to steal on you. Yeah. And I was like, no, you don't, because most people don't have more than one or two 20-speed guys. Mm-hmm. So like why are you doing this for two instances a game that yeah you're overpaying for something that you may or may not use and if you and if someone does take advantage of that like it could maybe two or three times a game they could attempt to steal and like you're still could get them out and again in the online leagues recently there's a Alfaro has been started at catcher. So it's really interesting to see how and the same thing with sack bunts mm-hmm. like no one sack bunted no 
they tell didn't. someone recently it was and like then, polar power it just started yeah exploding. and then everybody realized like oh wait no zach boning is like can be smart mm-hmm. and so everybody did it so it's really interesting to see kind of the different uh, the genesis of ideas and how they kind of grow and like become like now sack bunting is a common thing starting a door is a common thing using horror followers is a common thing like even james um your your shade your all aces pitching, pitching yeah. lineup like that's a thing well, so it's really interesting to see the different different ideas that have latched on and like become part of the meta. It is. I definitely agree with you. And something interesting about the Odor situation, and I, I know we've spoken about it on when I was on the podcast, we talked about Odor, but I think it's it's so obviously like the whole game situational, but the sack bunting, um there's so many times that your seven, eight, nine guys, especially in a six K salary cap league, aren't really that great, especially your eight and nine guys. And uh, there's, I mean, Maldo has raked in a few game winning RBIs for me out of the nine hole. Um, I don't discredit him for that, but if there's a runner on first and those guys come up now, I'm sack bunting every time. And I think if I would have done that in high heat more, I probably would have been more effective. I had Detroit and I went 500 or a little bit less at Detroit and then whoever had Ryan had Detroit this year and won the World Series so I don't know I think uh that strategy definitely plays up and uh it's huge I just think it's you have to be smart you know if there's a guy on first you're almost doing it every single time but if there's a guy on second you never know when Maldo might get like a game winning RBI so I feel like there are rules in the rule book that managers don't know about and then they read them and maybe oh, they don't fully comprehend them. Absolutely, yeah. And then they get to a situation where it's used against them. Yeah. And suddenly it clicks. I yep. said that to like a new person on the Slack two days ago. They, I don't know who they are, but they came in and they were talking about the Slack and, hey, can I play games or whatever? And I said, yo, you'll learn so much about this game and strategy just by getting your ass whooped by everybody else. I mean, it's true. Yes. There's been so many times where I played Navar or Matt or you or whoever it is, Ryan especially where you guys are so analytical and doing such funny things. Um, and, and in the time I'm like, is this guy really taking the the effort to make this happen right now? And then it works beautifully. And then I end up using it the next game and it works. So <laughs> I think I, it's out of our uh, sacrifice bunt with Ernie Banks last night. Did you really? Yeah. You saw you saw somebody? Yeah, he yeah, did against he did. me. Against yeah, you. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because <laughs> you playing a game last night? Yeah, we played last night. What I league? Think, Bandicoot? Um, Dodo. Dodo. Oh. Or it's the you. 17 plus 18 league. Yeah, it's the 17 and 18. Um, it was because I brought in a relief pitcher that took advantage of... Um, Banks has R plus one, I think. And so I brought in a lefty, and my lefty had a... It was Boxberger, I think. I don't know who it was. But anyways, I, it, it basically flips the percentages by 10 points in my favor. Mm-hmm. And so I think he then... He then sack bunted, and I think he had a strat for the next guy. And so, yeah, it was weird. I was like, "Wait, who? Who? Like yeah, your, your number three what? hitter? That yeah. that guy?" But um, little moves like that can be the difference. Yep. And and you know, just that that risk versus reward. We always talk about sometimes you got to mm. risk it. Or maybe the biscuit. I, maybe I had no. Maybe it was my starting pitcher because I had uh, Roger Clemens in. Mm. So I think that's what it was. I don't know. But yeah, he sack bunted and he ends up winning, but we don't need to talk about that. All right. Uh, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so yes, 2019 is fascinating. I mean, this would be my third full year of delving into clutch. And 
is I'm really excited. I've already started building a uh, a concept team even without knowing all the stadiums yet. Yeah. So so I'm super excited. The the, the designs are awesome, and um, there's some really really good bangers in there for people to use. So now I think we're gonna go over to the Q and A section. We had uh, we asked people on all different social medias to send in their questions. So we'll just start going through some questions and getting some answers. So uh, the first question we're gonna start with is from Navarre, Seattle Melonheads, soon to be something other than the Seattle Melonheads. Really? Yeah. He's changing Rumor it up. Yep. He's, Rumor he, he got a better it. offer. Uh, a, a different city offered him a, a bunch <laughs> of money to build a new stadium. Franchise is moving. Yeah, franchise is moving. Taxpayers and they're gonna they're gonna hire a moving van in the middle yep. of the night. Yeah, just yeah, in the middle of the night. Um, so this one's kind of for you, James. Uh, what new stadium is going to be the hardest to build around, and the or the easiest, and or the easiest? Uh, well, I think the easiest one to build around, just straight off the bat, will be Houston because the effect is powerful. It severely punishes your opponent and the easiest way to negate it is to just pick four or five if you're using more than just this set um houston starters good or bad they're going to be negating that uh minus two command if two or more runners get on pace which is a huge huge advantage to have yeah yeah so i think they're going to be one of the easiest to build around um same thing with arizona just because the arizona pitchers um, double down on the effect where you get two reduced from the swing instead of one when there's a runner in scoring position. So you can just grab some of their starters and then, um, you know, they're really strong in the bullpen this year with Archie and Yoshi. So I think that Granky Archie Yoshi is going to be one of the easiest things to build in Arizona. I think one of the hardest ones to build around is going to be Miami. Minus two from all outfield defensive plays. Basically, because there aren't any. <laughs> what are you talking? Oh, defensive plays, not throws. Yeah, there there right. are going to be. Um, that is one of those stadiums that strats need to help. Right, it doesn't do much right now, but there are are plans for strats where people will want to use that stadium instead. Uh, we kind of talked about this before. Uh, we talked about this earlier with um, the teams we drafted. Kieran wanted to know. I think that's a new person. Yeah, Kieran yeah. Vanderslice. Like, literally. Oh. Uh, so, here's the fun thing. Not actually new. He was in the first league. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah, bef- pre-Slack days. I think I told him he had a hell of a name when he first joined, yeah. and yeah, I still sound it. Yeah. yeah. Reached out Quality. on Reddit. It really is. Reached out on the r slash clutch baseball subreddit and hopped onto the Slack community. So, he wants to know, which 2019 player card do you think is the most valuable for its cost? So you guys might want to uh, scroll through your team real quick and see if anybody catches your eye. I have a lot of bangers on my team and yeah, not a lot of... I, I, uh, I got some scrappy guys. I have a feeling this guy is going to turn into my uh, ordeur this year, uh, but it's Austin Slater. He is a left fielder slash right fielder from San Francisco. He's got uh, 12 on base, 16 speed, negative three clutch, one defense, gets out at six, Singles at 10, doubles at 22. And he's fascinating to me. I really want to build a team around him on the bench because uh, he, op- he just opens up so much interesting things with uh, you could twist a fate him, and have plus three to the swing with a 12 on base guy. Be great for the late innings um, when you're down in the bottom of your order. Yeah, you can even, you can even pinch run. You can also use um, the uh, pinch hitter card 
strat card. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Super sub. Yeah, super sub. And you get the mo you'd get the max benefit because he's uh no. You get uh he's one sixty five, so he fulfills the lowest requirement. Um and so he's just really really interesting card. And like we said, there's not a whole lot of natural homers this year. So yeah, he doubles at twenty two and homers at twenty three, but there's not many other guys you're going to be able to bring off the bench that is going to naturally homer for you unless you're investing a lot into your bench. I think in terms of value, I'm going to shy away from some of the players we drafted um, and go towards some of those ones that we wouldn't necessarily use in a format without a salary cap, but they're going to have maximum value in uh, in standard uh, roster construction. Those 50 salary guys. Yeah, I think um, Joey Rickard and Rajay Davis. Rajay Davis should yep. basically be on every bench. Um, I think that uh, Teoscar Hernandez, he's 105 points, and he's got 10 on base with 11 against righties, 12 speed. But his thing is he doubles at 18, which is really good in this year's set. And then there's some other some players. Kevin Pillar um, is a center fielder with five defense and 16 speed for 150 points i think he's a really good he's a lot of times you see teams who kind of i wouldn't say punt that center field position but go for a cheaper billy hamilton type option Mm -hmm. and usually they're doing it for the speed speed yeah but it's a similar situation this year where you can get that five defense in center field and that way you don't have to worry as much with your corner outfield for some of those lower defense guys having 150 point kevin pilar can allow you to put like a jd martinez in left instead of Mm -hmm. dh Nick, do you have anybody on your team that that kind of stands out for you? You know, I didn't really have anybody on my team or my extra draft guys that stood out for me, but I will say this. Uh, oh, Th- thanks, Nick. <laughs> uh, well, that gets difficult. <laughs> I mean, you we can went, go we went over the salty. <laughs> you can go for it, McCurgan. Now you're already in your spiel. Go. All right. All I will say about this is. Um, I feel like in 2018 when I started playing the leagues and quit the leagues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, I realized a lot of the effective bullpen guys are names I wasn't super familiar with or names that I you know aren't big time names and we find that especially with a seven person bullpen you have to have kind of those lower end arms that um, maybe are a little bit more strategic of a play and it just looking through my my guys a couple guys that stand out for me are Ryan Brazier. I know he had a really good year with Boston and the World Series and all that stuff, but the R plus two is really, really big. And he is expensive. He's 255 for relief pitcher, and you only get an inning of him. But he's four defense, 19 single, no walk, and I think the R plus two is huge. Um, that doesn't fit what I was just mentioning because we know about him. But, for instance, Ryan Presley and Chaz Rowe, I know who Ryan Presley is, but these are the kind of guys that I feel like have really good cards but aren't household names that kind of become clutch staples, you know. So, yeah, it doesn't look like I drafted anybody super, super, you know, bargainy, but um, I think it's just interesting how relief pitchers tend to be less known but really good. I guess Malik Smith would be my hitter that I think is probably my best bargain. Other Nick. <laughs> I knew we yeah. shouldn't have put you on the same side of the table. Before I was uh, so rudely interrupted. Bad, but I, no, you're good. Uh, I already touched on um, Giancarlo, who I think is... Obviously, we drafted some powerhouses because we're just taking the best of each pack. Uh, so one that stands out, I guess, would be Ingenio Suarez. 
Yeah, um, yeah, sorry, terrible no, with that name. All good. But only 380. He's got a 12 on base, uh, mm. 13 against lefties, natural homer, homer at 20, 18 double, three at that is cheap. Three fielding, so about as good as you can get over there at third. And then as far as relievers, Will Harris kind of stands out. He's a six against righties, so you can bring him up. That part of the lineup, plus four defense, homer at 25. Yeah, 25 so homer. could pitch him tired if he really wanted to. Um, and, yeah, no walk. So those are the two that are kind of standing out to me. I also just want to say, just because I'm looking at your team, Tommy Pham is so fire this year. And I know today that got released and people were going crazy about it. But, um, yeah, that card is really, really good. It's expensive, but it's a really good card. Wait. It's only four twenty-five. It's not that wait, much. When was he? How? How? It's wait, not, he's on Tampa Bay. He is. Yeah, what, he got traded. So what is his? What is his stadium do? What does Tady, is Tampa Bay Stadium do? What does Tampa Bay Stadium do? Are you trying to trigger are you me? I'm just are you curious joking because right now? He, I see. Is I see, he? Are, do we have to kick him out? And he uses oh, his. <laughs> his is that the minus two? Can we kick him out? Is it the, the one of the rare ones? Yeah, Tampa Bay's minus two. Minus no, two. Tampa Bay is the opener stadium. Yeah, you could use a relief pitcher as a starting pitcher. That's a real thing. Yes. What? Where have you been? Oh my gosh! Wait, 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 when was this discussed? Like forever ago. At great length. On Many Slack. To- yes. Everywhere. I miss a lot of things on Slack. Many times. Uh, on Slack, on Reddit, everywhere. That 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 stadium is gonna. Wait, have... are, it, that's a real thing. Yes, it is a real thing. Talking We're, to your mic. It is a real thing. We're getting close to finalizing the actual rules for it. <laughs> there's, so so there's, you okay. can start a relief pitcher. Let's talk Tampa Bay Stadium. Tampa Bay Stadium allows you to start a relief pitcher at the top of the game. The opener. The opener. There are a few um, rules that are still being play tested. There's a few rules that are still being play tested mm-hmm. and a few decisions that need to be made. But there's going to be like a whole blog about Tampa Bay Stadium. Wouldn't that totally change pitcher tiredness for people? I mean,. I mean, it's going to work the same, kind of the same way. It's just backwards. It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. It's going to cause all sorts of issues, which is why there's still, there's, there's, there's the card, what's printed on the card. And then there's the several paragraphs of fine print in (laughs) the rule book for it. Printed on the card. It says relief pitcher may start the game instead of starting pitcher. Starting pitcher may pitch, may pitch afterwards or be skipped this game. Skipped. Skipped. You can skip them. You don't have to bring them into the but game. But then that makes your whole entire bullpen tired for the right. next game. So there will be a blog that covers when you can bring them into the game, if it has to be immediate or not. And well, what about the new three batter rule that's coming to the MLB? <laughs> I have been so into 2019 planning. That's 2020. Relax. <laughs> that the 2020 planning, I don't even want to get into yet. So let's let's talk about uh, strategy cards. Arlington Cannons wants to know if you were a strategy card, which one would you be and why? <laughs> this is not fair for James. Why? Because you have your own strategy card named after you. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I'd be Afternoon Shade. Oh. Uh, let's see. I'd be not so fast because <laughs> I'd be like. I can't think of any time in my life I would ever say that, actually. I don't know. I'd be cold-blooded. Okay. Well, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I'd be cold-blooded. That's pretty good. Coming I'd, in clutch, yeah. I'd be coming in hot. Mm. Coming. <laughs> oh, you may need Ooh. to bleep this one. 
I'm late ending fireworks, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be hot shot. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, Actually, to piggyback off what I just said, they actually call me not top 10. Oh. Uh, Wow. Okay. My nickname's actually Buck Showalter. (laughs) So, you can be Heartbreaker. I'm, I'm I'm looking through strats at the moment, yeah. Based off my history, maybe Meatball Masher. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. You, got, you got the guns to back that up. You got yeah. the... And he loves meatballs. Who doesn't? Yeah. We, I, if... we eat lots of meatballs at my work. I'm not kidding at all. I'm trying to think if there's any new strategy cards that might work. Uh, Salty, I'm, I'm starting to think you might be disrespected. <laughs> yes. Yes, that Absolutely. is me. I would say that is 150% my turn. I'll be chugga chugga. Because I'm definitely that e-speed base runner that's given it a little hustle. We had a question uh, from Twitter. Wesley wants to know, I I read there was a fairly significant change overall to the game from 17 to 18, Mm. and it looks much less so for 18 to 19. Will future years reflect smaller changes in gameplay to maximize the ability to play games across years, or is the goal to have each year feel unique? Um, I'm going to start out the answer, then I'm going to hand it over to James. You're correct. There was a huge change from 17 to 18. And that change was they basically kind of revamped everything and figured out what worked and what didn't work. And then 18 to 19, they kind of had their act together to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of changing in gameplay to maximize ability across the years, I think it's more of, um, and I guess more specifically, the second part of that question, or is the goal to have each year feel unique? And I think they will feel unique, but that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily because of decisions the devs made. It's going to be because of like what changes happen in baseball, mm. um, because the cards are based off of what actually happened in the previous year. So some of those changes are just going to happen because of what happens in real life. Right, James, take it away. Right, I think if you look at just 2018, there was a lot more power. You know, we we're still getting some of those juiced balls from 17 in there. Yeah, wasn't 17 the year that home runs just went absolutely off the yeah, chain? Yeah, it was the record, I yeah. believe. Hence, uh, Dingertown getting made. Um, and then this year, that's way down. And if you play with just those cards, you're going you're gonna to see that it's a very distinct difference. But you can combine them. And if you can combine them, there are going to be tons of options. And I've seen a lot of interesting builds in the, the online Dodo League, which uses 17 and 18 because of that. But... The 2018 and 19 combination with all of the the really effective bench players and bullpen options for 2019, I'm really interested to see how, in retrospect, those play with 2018. And the goal, absolutely, is to make everything feel unique on its own, but we don't ever want to see a shift like 17 to 18 again, where you almost can't combine the two, mm-hmm. and that devalues you know your cards and, mm-hmm. and your players. So is it just mainly like a salary type issue where you were the, getting Davinsky's right, and stuff the, like that? The difference that, between 17 and 18 was was there was a lot of formulaic stuff. There were some some basic things too, like the the zero clutch players being eliminated between 17 and 18. But I feel like even if we want to make a drastic I feel like even if we want to make a drastic change like that going forward, it would be slight nudges from set mm. to set rather than a big shove because the goal ultimately is to have these live on and and play well with each other so that 
the people who have them can do what they want with them. Yeah, well, I mean, they aren't, you know, you have to pay some money to get these things. Right, And then right. you, want, you don't want to just after the, you know, online league is over, just never use them again. And I think also seeing 19 and 18 come together would be cool because then you, it allows you to use people like, you know, 18 all-star Jose Ramirez, who's got that, like, just beautiful 19-plus home run, awesome card. I mean, all around probably one of my top three favorite cards like of all time and you can combine that with some of the guys here you know like a 2019 max muncie who's actually a lot better than even his 2018 card so i don't know i think that would be cool yeah i mean ultimately we want them all to work on their own but we want it to be even more fun if you have more of them and we want them all to be able to play with each other for that reason yeah i i've been doing the 17 18 combined uh, league and it's interesting but i don't love it it's just a little weird because there's such a big difference where to your point i'm super stoked to be able to have 19 and 18 I if think i was in that league really well i think together. that i would just have all my pitching be 17 guys like my whole bullpen would be seven and then there's so many 2017 bullpen guys that are like cheap and good yeah all right moving on to the next question uh storm wants to know how are 17 18 strats pertaining to closing pitchers going to be integrated if at all in 2019 given that the uh closer position is gone yeah so that was definitely one of the things we kept in mind when making the change uh to eliminate the closing pitcher position because there are some of those strategy cards that work so well with closing pitchers that would then just not work without them I think breathing room was one of them and that got remade. That's the one that gives you plus one of the pitch for every run you're ahead. Enter night. Uh, enter night is not being remade, but it is being reimagined into a card called cut the lights, which is also a momentum card. It's before the pitch when you bring in a reliever in the ninth inning or later. So you so, can inertia it. Right. So similar circumstances, you can inertia it. Um, but it's going to be, you know, same thing, leave it on the reliever until somebody reaches and uh, you factor each of the batter's clutches into the swing. And if your reliever has the save icon, which uh, a traditional closer would, then you don't need to inertia it. It just, you don't remove it after somebody reaches. Mm. So big benefit to somebody who would be a closer in a closer part of the game that doesn't need that position to, to do it. And then I think the big one is bridging the gap which is um, holds guy holds, so that was uh, that was kind of pretty self-explanatory, but I got it right. Right, that was that was kind of <laughs> uh, reimagined from what would have been a closer card into a reliever card, and then kind of shifted to any clutch moment rather than a setup position or a, a ninth inning save situation, and that lets you discard a card, and then you just roll all your pitches with the power die until somebody reaches and if you go one two three and you have the hold icon you uh you draw a card so there's definitely some strategy cards that tie into the new changes there storm also wanted to know are uh, 2019 stadium effects influenced by statistics or dimensions uh statistics statistics dimensions etc or the effects chosen to be beneficial to the players selected to represent each team in series one so we kind of hit on it a little in terms of the decision-making process for cutting or including people in Series 1 based on their stadium. The initial stadiums from the 17 set were all designed with the the, the ballpark itself in mind, dimensions, statistics, uh, like you mentioned. 
And for this set, that didn't play in as heavily. A few of them did. More so team statistics than ballpark dimensions. But the goal then is to, as newer stadium cards are being released, maybe not dump them 30 at a time every two years, kind of disperse them more frequently. And we want them to shift back to uh, a style that is based on the actual physical ballpark as it exists. So definitely so like, looking for more of that in the future. The humidor in Chase Field had being negative two, you right? Know, it, it not so random where you just get, you know, certain stadiums that have these effects that actually don't really match up to what the stadium would offer in real life. Is that kind of what you're saying? Right, right. They, uh, you know, the the big things being like some of those stadiums that have really weird dimensions. They they kind of played into the first year's stadiums, but not so much this one. But we want them to in the future, and it could even. It could even be replaced by strategy cards that have specific effects in certain stadiums. I mean, it's kind of the idea of like Bryce going to Philly where he's just going to mash. Right. Being a left-handed, you know, hitter. Is that, yeah. So. Boston Clam Chatter wants to know, will there still be an annual Northeast in-person Clutch Cup tournament? Uh, that is to be determined. Ideally we will have regional events across the country. That's a pretty big ideal. That's, it may that's be, a big It's going to be east-west this time. We're, I mean, cha- we're changing the cardinal directions here. We Listen. tried to set up this tournament for spring training, and only one person from out of town <laughs> made it. So I think we have a long ways to go on getting these tournaments we to tra- actually We tried our best, regionally. though. We yeah. did try our best. I think, yeah. I think next year there's going to be an actual spring training event um, with you know legitimacy to it. Because uh, this not, is illegitimate right not now. This, uh, this, this is the unofficial, child right this now. unofficial podcast. It's true. It's true. This is my, the, my check hasn't cleared yet. So this is the community director going rogue and taking <laughs> early drafts of cards to, <laughs> to take pictures. Um, and it is a bit, probably a bit of a long shot, and and you know, an overshoot for the first year as community director. But I would, it would be amazing to have sort of regional events. We have these hotspots throughout the country where a lot of people play and we've begun to kind of identify them and I would love to kind of grow it in those areas and have events where people are playing mm-hmm. where the people are. And um, that would probably include the Northeast because there's yeah. a pretty heavy population of players yeah. in that in that section of the country. The fact of the matter is it's hard to get a four people from the same st- city and state in the same room at one time sometimes. So just getting us all into one place with work, kids, wives, different age groups, different transportation issues, Tinder. money issues. I don't know how Tinder problem. comes into <laughs> this, but um, I think it's just it's it's very hard to put together. And I think if we did it right and we all were able to make it happen somehow, some way, it would be huge for the growth of Clutch, uh, just in general on the marketing side too. So I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, so I mean, if, this year we were really close to getting this to work. Yeah, like oh, we yeah. were very close to this happening. So mm-hmm. I I feel very confident we can make it happen next year for spring training to. to and come even out just and, going, you know, it doesn't have to be spring training doesn't have to be arizona you know matt was and i were well i guess all of us earlier were talking about the idea of doing like a beach house or something in you know california too and there's not, there's a lot of stuff i mean this doesn't have to be just clutch I, I found that with the slack a lot of us are just friends now and i guess we're internet friends but still most of us are normal people <laughs> i feel like most there's a lot of crossover now a lot of people have met 
the other people, yeah, especially yeah. if they're semi-locally. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like regionally, like, we've all met. I've met Navarre up mm-hmm. in Seattle. Yeah, you hung and, out with Navarre. Yeah, and a bunch of the East Coast guys, I think, have yeah. met up. So I think at this point, yeah, it's... Yeah, I think it'd be fun, though. So what I was getting at with that is that um, we don't need to just play clutch. We could get together at a beach house and have fun and hang out. So And if you're in a part of the country where you know a lot of people play and you want to put together an event like that, Hit us up on any social media and, you know, we'll, we'll probably help you organize it. We'll reach out. We'll try and help find people in your area. You know, we might send you some goodies to give away to people who show up. Like, we want to help develop that and we want to help encourage that growth locally and regionally. Because ultimately the game is at its best when you're playing it in person, in person. with people who love the game. And we want, we definitely want to encourage that growing. It helps Salty not quit when it's in person. (laughs) Shame him in person. Even when Nick's dropping 19 plus or 23 plus A-Rod bombs on me like four (laughs) times a game. Boston Clamchata also wants to know, for future sets, could we have a stadium or strategy card submitted by the community, vetted by the dev team, then voted by the community? (laughs) And uh, we kind of, that kind of happens already. So Tampa Bay Stadium, which we were talking about, was actually uh, Navarre's idea. He mentioned it. Really? I think on Slack. He mentioned it somewhere. And I think it um, was on your podcast. Or was it on the podcast? It might have been. Okay. Or no, no. It was, he mentioned it on the Slack and, and, uh, we talked about it. Talked yeah. Talked about it on the podcast. So yeah. that kind it happens in a very informal way. Like, um, I mean, I just had an idea I posted up on Slack that, uh, James and Nick wrote down to potentially talk about. So, yeah, I mean, they do already kind of take our advice on board so with that being said nick squared i want to hear what you got i want to hear an idea from you guys of something you'd want to see in clutch off the top um whether it be a stadium or strategy card or even a rule change i just i want to hear i want to hear uh, an idea you had wow while you think about it i will yeah. say that there has been talk of more community-based uh input on uh on certain things i know we're right now we have the the limited edition sets based on league winners, which are generally, um, for the most part, uh, manager created. But it would be really cool to have like a everybody submit your your best idea and then we'll vote on it kind of thing. Tournament bracket style, right? I don't know if there's any you know legal issues or, or any other roadblocks there, but it's definitely worth talking to the team about. Because I don't. And I really don't, off the top of my head, unfortunately, have any great rules to enact. I will bring up something that someone that I think I think Nick and I were actually playing, and we were wondering: uh, Are you able to hit a pitcher if you if you didn't want if you wanted? I don't. I, it would make the it wouldn't make sense because we play with DHs and it's less fun. And I don't even know how that that mechanic would work or what I, the advantage would be. Right? Would that advantage be that you have you know X amount extra? salary allocated i don't think it's ever going to happen but it's something to consider i know how that mechanic would work you do yes spoilers so did i just hit a string um i hit a nerve there are a number of rules that we have discussed as sort of a an advanced side rule completely optional things that managers can use on their own optionally okay we got it it's optional (laughs) <laughs> well, you, you, you start you start throwing it around, pitchers are going to start hitting, and people are going to panic. Yeah. But if you have two managers who want to play a game under National League rules, we don't want them to have to guess on how that works. And a lot of people have their own homebrew rules, or they base it on old games, or, or whatever they want to do. But we basically just want to provide things to managers 
so that they don't have to think as much. There's a lot of those, well, it would be cool ifs that yeah. we can help solve, whether it's whether it's a, a pitcher who hits or what if a position player came into the game as an emergency pitcher, things like that. Like there are these there are these side things that we can kind of just kind of put out there and say, you know, if you really want to, this is how we do it. We're not going to make you do it, but if we were going to do this it, we advise. This is what we would do. So are you thinking it's not it's not going to matter because there's going to be the DH in the National League in a couple of years. Yeah. I guess that's true. Fine. Before Nick gets to his rule, because I'm going to cut him off one more time, because I know <laughs> I've, I've known him like my, a long, long time, so I don't feel bad about it. W- with the pitching pitcher hitting mechanic working, I guess there's enough of the. I mean, most of the pitchers uh, have a, a single, like based on their pitching chart, you could technically do a pretty accurate representation of a pitcher getting on base. I mean, you get the advantage. I mean, six would be a really crappy on base, so that would make sense. And then if you get the advantage somehow, you have to roll like an 18 or 19. I mean, obviously it doesn't factor in how good a pitcher actually hits whatsoever, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely been discussed and will probably be explored. I guess since Nick didn't provide a rule, I'll try to come up with one. I don't know what you've done for... Or a stadium or a strategy. Yeah, stra- stadium, really. Uh, I don't know what you've done for Wrigley, but just one that comes to mind quickly would be maybe any triple becomes a double, like a ball going into the Ivy type. <gasps> oh, type. The oh, Ivy, yeah. That's a good that's one. Cool. So that's really interesting, too. And Javi triples, too. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting because their first effect... I think Javi triples. ...was a triple becomes... Not, no. Not now. All-star game. All-star, yeah. Used to. There's not a lot of triples in this set. I think there may be like six players that have a natural triple. They were mm. way down. Uh, I believe the the initial um, Wrigley effect was if they hit a triple and they were fast enough, it became a home run. Mm. Because it was, I think, based on some of the weird dimensions there and then the ball kind of getting lost in the outfield. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really factor in like waving it off when the ball gets there and it became a ground rule double. So that would actually be a really cool like almost inverse of it. Mm-hmm. Wrigley's kind of the ones, I mean, I'm a Cubs fan too. It's one of the ones I've had in mind a lot with, uh, you know, speaking to earlier to like strategy cards that kind of have a, a different effect in certain stadiums. Mm-hmm. A strategy card, like weather cards where the wind's blowing out. Most stadiums, maybe that's a small bonus. We, at a field like Wrigley, that's going to be big. Yeah. But you wouldn't want that to be a full-time stadium effect there. So I think there might be something to gain from finding a way to f- to fulfill those part-time uh, physical stadium effects that aren't necessarily there all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mine would be, uh, I mentioned this on Slack earlier, but I think it would be interesting, especially for the playoffs, being able to choose your pitching rotation versus it just being uh, highest to lowest. I agree. Um, I think that would be cool. Um and then my strategy card idea, which I came up with a while ago. Are you guys familiar with what a tootblon is? A what? It's tootblon. You know, you know what I'm talking about? T o o t b l a n. Tootblon. Not familiar. So let me. So oh, it, it's it's a thing that the internet created, <laughs> and it's it's an acronym for thrown out on the base pass like a nincompoop. What? Yeah, and so it was it was invented because of Ryan Therio of the Cubs. And I guess he had a he he was a bad base runner. Yeah, he was a bad base runner. Um, and so there's, there's I loved the guy, but he was a bad base runner. <laughs> the riot, the riot. So yeah, so they they created this, and there's a website that tracks it, 
And so I think it'd be cool to have a card to that effect where it could be a uh, defensive card and you could play it on like an extra base hit. So like on a, if they hit a double, you could play it or even a single maybe. And it's basically, um, you I, I don't know, you could have it where like they, um, it forces them to advance and you make some sort of defensive play or um, you have to roll, you know, above a certain number and then they become out because they try to advance or something. Um, so I just, I think it's just a funny, it'd be a funny name for a, a card and it'd be cool. Cause then it kind of, um, it's another one of those cards that uh, you can have an effect on the base runner while being on defense. Cause you see there, there's a couple of them currently, but uh, that would be my idea. Well, I had a uh, a full document of a lot of kind of like fantasy ideas for strategies and, and stadiums, and I would go into a few of them, but now there's a good chance they'll actually get printed, <laughs> so they just become spoilers. I think my favorite ever one ever, though, was uh, uh, called Switched Up, which was uh, for this at bat, if the batter gets the advantage, you use the pitcher's chart. And if the pitcher gets the advantage, use the batter's chart. I think I think I ha- was that from one of the podcasts. I may have mentioned it on a previous podcast. Yeah, we're... actually, I, I think it might have been after the uh, the high heat league because that's been. I think we talked about what if I can make a strategy card. Yeah, no, that was us because I was saying because uh, I think for the for the league, my idea so. wasn't exactly like that, but it was based off of um, based off the idea of having a doer. Yeah, and the nine hole, and my idea was if. Um, it would be an offensive card and it would be if the pitcher gets the advantage you could play it and then it would default back you would still use the batter chart so similar to that yeah but, and yeah. there there are just so many options to explore for strategy cards that just haven't even been touched yet it could be i mean right now we base it on team but like we we haven't even seen strategy cards that are based on player rarity we've done it based on strategy rarity or um where their their position in the lineup, there can be strategy cards for for leadoff hitters, for cleanup hitters, for I know we've seen it for uh, the nine hole. Yep, nine hole, yeah. But I think that may be the only one. And um, there's there's a, there's just so much, so much to do. Every form of weather, every so many managers, um, so many manager type roles that may get strategy cards in the future. Uh, <laughs> You insinuate. Yes. So much. much. (laughs) All right. Well, before we get in any more trouble, let's wrap this up. Actually, Uh, before we do, I have some questions for you guys. Okay. Let's do it. I kind of want to turn the table just for a minute. Let's do it. I know we're running long. It's fine. I know it's late here. I know it's it's later on the East Coast. I have questions for you guys. How do you like this set? Like, look and feel, design. How do you think it's going to play? Physically or just overall? Overall. Like, how do you think it's going to, how do you think it looks and feels and how do you think it's going to play as a set? Uh, How do you think it's going to play with 2018? um, Design-wise, I like having the names back um, (laughs) horizontal instead of last year they were vertical up the side. When you thumb through a deck, you're, at least I'm a righty, so my thumb covers the left side. So is that you couldn't, I can never thumb through the deck when you're looking for someone quickly. With on, with them having them on the bottom, it's easier to like see the name. Um, in terms of playing, I've said this before, but I think this year is going to be a really fun year because it's really going to stretch um, managers' <laughs> abilities and really test managers to really have a solid strategy deck and a solid 
overall strategy because you can't you're not really gonna be able to stack you know four or five heavy hitters in the lineup and have one or two aces yeah you're gonna have to make sacrifices somewhere so it'll be really interesting to see where people make those sacrifices and how they can still use that those cards that aren't as good overall to their advantage Mm -hmm. i'd say right off the bat card quality uh, is a lot better. I know that the dev team is always working on trying to find the right printer and trying to r- find the right people to help make it happen. But uh, shout out to Monty, first of all. The designs are awesome. I don't know if this is going to have to get beeped out or not, but I may have seen the spectrums and LEs and stuff in real life, and they just look unbelievable. So shout out to the whole team. I think that you guys solved a problem with some color variations in the past. Um, I know that I haven't seen the strat cards yet because we've been drafting and all that, but I know that some of them ended up a little purple in the past and I'm pretty sure that's all fixed here now. And I mean, the cards look really good. So as far as quality goes, I think they're probably the best they've been, especially the hollows and all that looks really good. As far as the set goes, Uh, I think this sentiment has been reiterated hundreds of times already in the Slack, but I think four command is going to be a lot more comfortable for players this year, and we're probably going to see a lot more managers taking on the four command, uh, you know, staff. I think and being four four command two X is going to be really really popular this year. I think it's going to be more comfortable than it was in the past. Sorry, two X. When I say four X, four X, four command two mistake pitch. Nick hasn't played in any of the online leagues, so I guess he wouldn't technically have like a 20 game experience which trust me it's stressful i don't know if you want that but uh, you don't, you even, you don't even have a 20 game experience uh i could come in and hold my own i'm pretty sure i guarantee you i mean could. you can't do worse than this nick so no. i beat him every time yeah <laughs> so that's true. Oh, he's oh, really good sense. at strap play uh one thing i noticed is i'm not sure if i have this wrong or it's just because we have the bulk of the salt the good players but um i noticed players are a lot faster this year i saw a yeah. lot more 20s than i had in previous years and a decent amount of 16s too it seems like the the disparity between fast and slow is a lot larger there's not too many people in the middle ground from what i saw yeah dude i have 320 guys and four, uh, five 16 guys in my lineup right now and again like you mentioned we drafted so that makes kind of sense but i mean that's a lot of players to have uh speed wise I didn't even realize that. that's a really good point. Yeah, and I'm excited to see it continue to grow and and to get not only two more expansion sets of uh, of base players and inserts, but limited edition sets. And I already love this year's set on its own. I love it more when we're including the the pro the stadium promo cards, the pre order bonus cards, the the Black History Month limited edition set. And those are really just the beginning of it. And I still need to buy that Black History Month. You know set. what? You do. If you haven't bought it, you need to buy is it. Is it about to go away? It is. It may be gone by the time that this podcast hits. It was on two days ago. Supplies are low. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pick one of those up. I, and I only I have, and, I, and I only have two extras that I can trade you. So. And, well, uh, we made a good trade today. We did make a good trade. Wow. Yeah, I traded a uh, Barry Bonds LE twenty five for your Hideo Nomo mm-hmm. LE twenty five. That's a great deal. So closing thoughts from the community manager and the podcast host. I am excited to do this all season long. This is 
I mean, Salty, you and I, we drafted in a cabin last weekend. That was fun. And then we drafted, you know, not a legitimate draft format, but a pick a player draft yeah. format today. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to keep developing those 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 draft formats and those limited formats because as much fun as building a team and playing with it is, there's a certain challenge in uh, in picking from a limited pool. And uh, I think this set is the best of any of the three years for that, just because of the flexibility. I'm uh, I'm looking forward. Like I said, like I said earlier, this is uh, kind of the new new season of Clutch, so new season of podcast. I'm uh, looking forward to get back in, getting back into talking specific cards and strategies. We've kind of gotten away from that towards the end, but it'll be nice to get back in and start kind of fresh again with new whole new um, metas and ideas and players that kind of pop and uh, all the new strategies. So I'm looking forward to all the cards being released so we can talk about how Josh Hader has two innings pitched and you guys are all idiots for not rostering him. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And we can talk about how and we can talk about how Carl Edwards Jr. is actually a better value. Yeah, probably. His card's way better this year than last year too. It's so, so good. Yeah, it's good. Lots of good relief pitching, so it'll be interesting. I'd say for my closing thought, even though I would didn't ask myself for my closing thought, but I figured we'd go around table. Uh, kind of want to piggyback off what Matt said. I think that watching the new metas form is going to be my favorite part, just because just looking at the cards now and having fun with your friends and drafting is a lot different than a Tuesday night when you're really, really bored and you get home and you're like, I'm just going to stare at my spreadsheet on Google Docs and make <laughs> teams for fun for like three hours. And you really start to get into it and start to know everybody's card. That's, for me, one of the most exciting parts about it. And obviously, running joke with Salty and me and everything, and I'm kind of like the heel of the league, as some may have deemed myself. And you know, might not be the most popular person on Slack, but all that being said, I, I really do love the the statistic part of the game and building the teams and, and whatnot. So even though sometimes those leagues can stress me out and the electronic die rolls are really hard to handle, I think <laughs> it'll always be fun to just make teams, even if you're not, you know, always playing. So Yeah, and I think we've kind of uh other matt has a good uh setup down for doing online leagues so i think we'll see a lot more uh smaller leagues happen more frequently throughout the year um they're kind of stacked towards the end of the year this year but we're gonna have there's gonna be a ton more opportunities to play in um unofficial leagues yeah, with all sorts you know of fun me. rules yeah i think we got it we got it long for me man we got it's we got to do another salty league yeah we got it we got to make it happen i'd love to i i i'm on board and let me tell you, I this still have the stat tracking sheet. I have yes. the league leaderboards <laughs> with the fantasy points and every like I got it all. This year's official league is gonna yeah, be. You can have it. Yeah, hundred percent. I was gonna yeah. say you got to get this, in. This year's official league is gonna be more fun and for a lot of reasons. Twenty-four game season. Uh, thir <laughs> uh, thirty games. No. Thirty game seasons for each half. Thirty what? games. Thirty lying. days. Sixty total. Get um, out of here. Every playoff suit. It's going to be top. Terrible. Top twenty-four advance to the playoffs, and then best of seven series in every round. Run, run differential is the first tiebreaker. Oh my god! Uh -huh. You're giving me an aneurysm <laughs> just thinking about that many games of clutch. All right, let's wrap up with the uh, new Nick and uh, any of your thoughts. Um, I I guess I mean I I'm just ready to sit down and play some games after sitting yeah, here and drafting all night. That's that's my closing thoughts. I'm excited we got to see the cards, but I'm ready to put them to use. 
Six hours of drafting and podcasting without playing has kind of got me on edge. It's a bit yeah. of a tease, yeah. I'm very tired. It's like 12.30. <laughs> now it's 11.45, but whatever. But tomorrow we get to go play from a spring training park. Yeah, yeah so... That should be fun. Yeah, so, you know, we'll have some fun. Guys, thanks for joining the podcast. My goal for this season is to get uh, episodes out on a more regular basis. And uh, for those of you that join the podcast, hopefully we'll have some goodies and um, my goal is to uh, yeah, get them out quicker than a week after it's been recorded. Um, we can all try to be better people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks might for, be able to help you with some of that. Yeah, yeah, we, I, yeah, we, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have some fun things going on for the for the new season. We got some new uh, voices in here, and thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We are having our very first giveaway i have a set of the four promo cards and uh, i have a cc sabathia tom siever hank aaron and luis gonzalez card to give away what we're going to do is we need you to go over to twitter visit the clutch baseball page at clutch cards and you'll need to retweet and like their tweet promoting this episode of the podcast and we will randomly select four people to get one of the four promo cards.